0: Exploring faith journeys and inspiring ministries that embody the good news of God. This is The Cumberland Road. I'm your host, T.J. Melonofsky. Seeing God in the midst of our frustrations can be a difficult task. It may be much easier to be disillusioned by our loss, suffering, and pain. Today's guest shares how we can find God shining even in the midst of our frustrations and find hope in our togetherness as the body of Christ. The Reverend Jimmy Bird is the minister at the Clarksville Cumberland Presbyterian Church, and he talks about how important humor is in the Christian faith and his journey of transitioning from youth ministry to the calling to the word and the sacraments. Join me on this new journey down Cumberland Road with Reverend Jimmy Bird. Jimmy Bird, good to see you.
1: Good to see you, TJ. Good to see <laughs> t- you. It's been a while.
0: It has. We talk often, but actually have not seen each other in a long time.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the last time, honestly. It's been a while.
0: <laughs> it has. Well, Jimmy... Tell me what you're up to. Tell me where you're at now.
1: All right. Well, um, I started at the Clarksville Cumberland Presbyterian Church here in Clarksville, Tennessee, back on January the 1st of this year of 2021. uh, After having uh, uh, been at New Hope Cumberland Presbyterian Church down in Whitwell, Tennessee for nine and a half years, and felt the call uh, to come here to Clarksville, and so I answered that call, and so it's been really good. It's been a good experience. It's been a good journey so far.
0: And you're official now. You're officially installed as the minister mm-hmm. at Clarksville just in the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. Yeah, about uh, two weeks ago, uh, they uh, got everything official, had installation service, and uh, so that felt good. Uh, I was able, at that point, I thought, well, like the previous pastor's name was on the, uh, the phone on the screen there, like in the office. And <laughs> So I said, after I got official, I told, I told the office administrator, I said, hey, we can turn that over to my name now. You know? <laughs> so I just want to wait until that was all said and done. Uh, so
0: does it, being installed at, at a church, is that kind of like tenure as a college professor? Is it really hard to get rid of you now that you're officially installed? At
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. They have to They're uninstall st- you? <laughs> yeah. They're stuck with me now. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> But we'll see.
0: (laughs) Well, you're a minister and also a son of a minister.
1: That's correct. Yeah. My father, James Bird, he's been in the ministry for, well, let's see, in 2020, I guess it was last year, he celebrated 50 years of being ordained. And so he's been in for quite a while and um, been a big help to me over the years, that's for sure.
0: So you haven't had a chance. All you know is. Church life, Christian faith, uh, (laughs) session meetings, General Assembly meetings.
1: Yeah, all that. I I grew up going to General Assembly every year. That was like our family vacation, like so many other Cumberland Presbyterian uh, preacher's kids, or PKs, as we're called. That would be the family vacation. And uh, (laughs) so funny, going to General Assembly as a kid. And now going as an adult and taking my kids to general assembly. What, what, a, what a weird change of events there, I guess.
0: Well, you know what they're
1: getting into because you did it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Now I was pretty good. I stayed out of trouble. You know, one year at general assembly, I actually learned how to swim. Was it general assembly? One of, one of dad's uh, friends, uh, Reverend Gary Black. They, they were, all went to seminary together and all. And, and he taught me how to swim during the week. He wasn't a commissioner. My dad was, but he wasn't. And, so uh, we all go down to the pool in the afternoon, and during that week, he taught me how to swim. So that was pretty neat. Oh, that is
0: cool. Yeah. That is cool. Uh, so good things do happen at General Assembly.
1: Good things happen. That's right. <laughs> and, and I love going. I really do. It's like a family reunion when you go, and mm-hmm. that's what's so special about it. But, uh, but I do. It's, it's fun taking my kids and reliving. You know, I think about it. I was a kid, and now here they are going. and A lot of that's happened with my dad being a preacher. Uh, I remember as a kid having to go visiting with him in people's homes and, and, and that could be okay. And it could also just be just something I dreaded because I'd have to go and sit sometimes and be quiet and he's talking and all, and it'd be so boring, but if they had kids and that was great, I could go outside and play with their kids. Or if it was an older, usually some of the widows, they loved having children come by when dad would visit. So they would give us candy. Me and my sister, we get candy and all. And, and then, uh. A few years ago, I was visiting one of the widows at New Hope, and I had Daniel and Matthew with me, my two sons, and we're sitting there, and I'm looking. It was just like a surreal moment. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, she's handing them candy because she was so excited to see them." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was very surreal in that moment.
0: Yeah, I bet. I bet you that threw you back in the time.
1: Yeah, it did. It did.
0: So being a kid and going to pastor visits with Mm -hmm. with your dad did any of that rub off on you
1: you know i think so absolutely because i do i remember him the way he would interact with folks as he visited and just real conversational and talking and all and um just um i've just kind of made that the way i visit folks just real personable and just you know just real relaxed and Mm. and he was that way and and sometimes he would just show up and never even call ahead of time he'd just show up at the house and see if they're home and going and talk. I try to be a little bit better about that, you know, call ahead of times and make sure somebody's home or if they want company. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it uh, it definitely rubbed off on me. That's for sure.
0: Well, let's shift gears a little bit. And I wanted to ask you, would you share a meaningful experience that you've had with God?
1: Had many over the years, I guess you could say different times and all, but here recently I had one that, um, has really stuck out to me and, uh, really affected me. I think, uh, Went to visit one of our church members here at Clarksville who, uh, oh, it's been about 10 years, I guess, he was diagnosed with cancer and took some treatments and started doing better. Then it came back and took some more treatments, started doing better. Then it came back again. And there's really nothing else they can do for, for him now. And so I went out to visit him the other day and not really no it's the first time I visited. It's been so hard to try to visit folks with, with COVID. And, and if somebody is comfortable and with me coming over, then I'm more than welcome to go do so. And so they said, yeah, come on out. So I went out there and I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't know is he going to be in the bed? Is he hooked up to some machines or whatnot? Or, you know, how's this going to be? Well, he and his wife, they were in the carport when I got there and just, hey, brother Jimmy, good to see you. Come on in. And, um, and I was really, I was shocked. And so I go in and uh, he shows me around the house and shows me some antiques that's been handed down to him over the years, different things, talk about how they built this house uh, themselves. And, um, he and his wife just so in love with each other. They've been married now for, um, over 60, around 60 years or so. And so, um, we sit down and, um, and I'm still trying to process all this. I'm like, so he's, from I understand, he's dying of cancer, but he doesn't seem like you know he's, he's he's a lot more energetic and up and going and, but that's when he explained to me uh how his diagnosis was and he wasn't taking treatments anymore and that uh, he eventually would really start to go down and uh, he had me read his obituary he said I want to show you something says this will help you get to know me a little bit better so he handed me his obituary and I, and I read that and we talked about some things in there and shared some stories and all but he said um he said, you know, I've accepted this. And, and I know he said, it's all part of life. You know, you live and then you die. And he said, it's going to happen to all of us. He said, I've accepted it. He said, if, uh, if I lived another two weeks, he said, I'll be 86 years old. And, and which he has, he's still, he's still going. And just, uh, I was amazed at his attitude over this. And, and I really just felt God's presence in this moment, because I could tell how much God has touched this man to where he, he's so comfortable with dying, and that when he dies, that he knows where he's going to go. He, he understands, and, uh, and he's just trying to help his wife to get ready and family to get ready and get all these things ready to go, but, but he's accepted it, and he says, every day I wake up, and he said, I give God thanks for another day here on this earth, and just um, really touched me. It really did to see someone, because I know... And I'm a pastor, but I still struggle with with that and thinking about that and thinking about dying someday and leaving my family and all this. But this man was just so at peace with all of these things. And um, I, I just really felt God in that moment. I really did. I was thinking there's no way he could feel at such peace if, if God wasn't here and, and, and he didn't have that relationship with the Lord. So um, that was very special.
0: Yeah, it sounded like it stretched your, um, it stretched your thoughts on death and dying mm-hmm. in that process to, mm-hmm. to something different. Yeah. We often think it's scary or it's, it's painful. It's something to be avoided. Mm-hmm. And then you get to meet somebody who has a totally different approach. That's, that's yeah. gotta be powerful.
1: And, and he's not looking forward to leaving his wife or anything, but he knows that she'll be well taken care of. And, and he knows that, at that point, his suffering will be over and he'll be with the Lord and he's ready to embrace that when the time comes. And Mm. So it just, it really moved me. That really touched me. And it really, I guess, made me think a lot more about in the moment, how we just take life for granted so easily. We get so busy, so distracted that we forget to slow down and enjoy what's around us. He said, every day he looks out, he Loves the beautiful flowers that that's growing out there, and just living out on the farm they live on, and all these things they mean so much more to him now because he knows he won't be seeing them that much longer, and just, whew, just really, really got me.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, you're racing from appointment to visit to meetings, mm-hmm. and here's this fella is just inviting you to slow down.
1: Exactly, I yeah. needed that. I did. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Jimmy, I've known you for a long time. And You had an early start in ministry. You were doing ministry while in college,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you've had a great impact on a bunch of people throughout your life. What gifts have you received from others to help you along in your ministry?
1: Mm. I remember early on, because I started out working in youth ministry, uh, started at Union City, Cumberland Presbyterian Church when I was going to Bethel. So driving back and forth there twice a week, every Sunday, every Wednesday. And, uh, working with the kids, and and then uh, uh, also uh, while I was in West Tennessee after after Bethel, I'd moved away, come back, and then I was working while I was at seminary. I was uh, working at um, West Union Cumberland Presbyterian Church. So those two places got me well um, claimed with uh, uh, Camp Clark Williamson down there in West Tennessee, going to camps there and being involved and and helping out and. And I remember early on, though, I was sitting there one night and uh, really just struggling, just uh, like who am I? You know, God's called me the youth ministry. I, I, are we sure about this? I don't know. This is <laughs> kind of weird. So I'd never do the ministry and all this, and you know, how am I supposed to act? What am I supposed to do? And all that. And I remember early on, I sat around and uh, talking to Dave Kurtz, of all people, one, one of my buddies. Then we all went to school together, and and he's like, he's like, Bird just be yourself. He says, don't worry about trying to be like this person or that person or compare yourself to this youth minister or that pastor or anything like that. He said, just be who God's called you to be and be you. And it just has always stuck with me. And I said, you know what, that's right. It's, well, I can only be me. I, you know, I, I try to be somebody else, but you know, it's kind of dumb. I will, you know, I'm gonna do my best to just be the person that God's called me to be. And, and that's, that's always been very powerful stick with me. Just, just that little, little conversation every now and then when I kind of struggle about my calling and all, I think about that at times. I'm like, all right, I just got to be me. And that's been good. That's been powerful to me.
0: Yeah. What a great gift. Mm-hmm. Even though it was yeah. given to you a long time ago, you're still reaping the long time from. ago.
1: And just such a simple statement. Yeah, You hear that all the time. Hey, just you be you, be yourself. And I, but in that moment, it really hit me. It hit me right at the perfect time. And, and it's just always stuck with me. So thank you, Dave, <laughs> if you're listening.
0: <laughs> well, what other gifts have you received? Again, I see you as somebody who's often been giving through youth ministry and in the different places that you have served, New Hope mm-hmm. and now at uh, Clarksville. But surely you have been the recipient of some great gifts of people that you've encountered over the years.
1: I know one thing, New Hope gave me the the gift of just being able to uh, think outside the box a lot Mm -hmm. of times in ministry at that church. One of the first things they told me in one of our first session meetings was they're like, hey, you know what? We understand if, if we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, you know, our church may not be around, you know, 10, 20 years, 50 years from now, if we just keep doing the same over and over uh, we're open to new ideas and new things. And so that kind of that gave me freedom to try new things at that church and to, to do some different types of ministries there to to do a, a hanging of the greens Christmas service and to to try um, special things at Easter and all that that they never done before. And and it's stuff that they celebrate and they still do now to, to this day, the stuff that they still sticks true to them, you know, that the, that means a lot to them, I guess. So that, that was a kind of gift for me to to be able to have that freedom to try something because I like to be creative and I like to try to think outside the box in ways to worship and all. And that helped me to grow. And I think it helped them to grow too. And so that, that was really cool.
0: Bert, I've always admired your sense of humor that you bring uh, to a meeting or to the ministry talk for a few minutes. I know it comes out of you naturally. Not everybody has that, but Talk about uh, humor and what it means to you and, and how you think that applies to the Christian faith.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. Humor, I think is very important. Sometimes we can take, take ourselves too seriously, take things too seriously. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and we just, um, you know, we can let the world get to us so much. And sometimes we just got to step back and and laugh. And I try to, inject a funny little story or a joke or something in my sermons and things like that, just uh, to try to try to always lighten the mood. I always like to lighten the mood a lot of times. You know, I, I hate it if a meeting gets too heavy. I try to find some way to lighten that mood a little bit there. <laughs> um, even when uh, <laughs> I was moderator of Tennessee, Georgia Presbytery, and you have to give a moderator report to submit. And, and even in that, I try to put a little humor in there. I told a little funny story. And then then I put a, a, a Sudoku puzzle in there that people could work if they got bored during Presbyterian. Just, <laughs> because just, I know that happens to all of us at one time or another. And uh, you get bogged down on something and you kind of drift off there. So I put that in there. I thought, hey, I'll give you something to do. But uh, I don't know. I just try to find things to – it's fun to laugh. It really is. It's fun to laugh. It's fun. It's just such a good emotion. And so, if I can help somebody laugh and take their mind off their troubles for a few minutes, then it's worth it. It absolutely is.
0: Well, what is it about the Christian faith and your relationship with God that that gives you your daily purpose? You just draw from that well every day.
1: Like um, just being able to go out and, and to serve and, and to to help and and to do it whatever I can to try to. Um, help improve somebody you know in whatever situation they're in if they're feeling down to try to help them out or uh, lift their spirits I guess uh, I don't know, it gives me purpose I guess each day I, I well i I just I like to be kind to people I like to and, and our Christian faith is about treating others uh with love and respect and and I, I like to do it. if I go to a restaurant and you know, the waiter, you know, sometimes you can have slow service and it drives you crazy and all, but I try to try to remember, you know, maybe they've had a rough day and I always just try to have a kind word. Thank you. Thank you. Means so much nowadays. You don't hear that enough. I don't think. And to try to say thank you or say please, or, or, or just, you know, just let them know, Hey, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm rambling now.
0: Well, bird, you know, I keep going back and forth. I call you Jimmy, call you Bird. You respond to either. Yes. When Bird, when I first met you, you were already in youth ministry. And that was kind of the, the career path and calling that you had mm-hmm. at that time. But it was much later that you were prayerfully considering the call to, to ministry, to the word and sacraments. So talk about that for a few minutes. I know that was a, a challenge and a struggle during that time period because you were very happy doing youth ministry.
1: Absolutely. And,
0: and really good at it. You know, going on youth mission trips, oh, going you. on on uh to camps and having retreats. I mean, it was just it just fit your personality and it just uh it was a good fit. But somewhere along the line there was this pull or this nudge, and I don't want to put words, I want you to talk about it. Just pull to ministry of the word and the sacraments. What, talk about that for a few minutes. What was that like?
1: It, it was weird because, uh, well, like you said, I, I loved working with youth and doing youth ministry. And that was my plan all along was to do that, 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 all right, God, if you've called me to ministry, which I said from the very beginning, when I was a kid, seeing my dad be a preacher. God, I will never go into ministry. I'm glad you called dad and all these other people, but <laughs> not me. That's not my, that's not my path. And of course, you know, sometimes our plans don't always work out the way that that we want to. And <laughs> God called me into youth ministry. And I remember the first time I sat there and actually said it out loud that I'm called to youth ministry. And I kind of got a smile on my face. I'm like, I, you know, that's pretty cool. I like that. You know, I've liked working with kids and i work camps and stuff before then. And so I was like, this will, be a, this will be a great calling, and it's just something, that, you know, I think I'll enjoy doing the rest of my life, is working with teenagers and, and having youth groups and all, and so that was my plan. Even when I went to seminary, I wasn't going to be ordained. I was going to go and take uh, the uh, Christian ed course and take youth ministry courses and things, and that kind of changed while I was there. Um, folks said, hey, if you're, if you're coming this far, you know, if you just take a you know, another year or so, you can get your MDiv and you can have all that. And then you'll be able to baptize the kids and serve them communion and all that. And I said, well, that's a good point. And I said, you know, later on, God might call you to be a head pastor. And I said, well, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. But I do like to serve in communion and baptism. But yeah, so I like that. So I went ahead and got my MDiv. And then I went to Lebanon, Cumberland Presbyterian Church straight out of seminary, working full time there. Finally, a full time youth pastor slash associate and so in that role there, um, really got to grow in both finally, grow as a youth pastor and also grow as just uh, in the associate pastor role with more than just the youth, the whole congregation at large. And I began to build some great relationships with especially some of the older folks in the church, the more I got to know them and all. And and it just felt so natural. But uh, But my first love was working with the youth. But I remember after about eight I guess eight and a half years of being there I started to feel that nudge like you said that pull and and I was like God what are you doing I mean this this is where I'm supposed to be here I'm working with these you that's what you called me to do that you know I said I'd do and what are you doing changing this now and so I really I wrestled with it and I struggled with it and to the point that I was I felt miserable inside and I was like all right if, if I'm not doing what God wants me to do here and I'm acting out of God's will by not surrendering now to, to going into to be more of a, a head pastor role, then I'm doing these kids a disservice. I don't need to be I don't need to be doing this. And so I finally I said, all right, this is what I'm supposed to do. Then um, I'll start, you know, I'll throw my name out there and uh, see what happens. And for I mean, it was no time started things started lining up and going to New Hope. Um, I think it was the perfect place to go, I really do, it, it was a great fit, a perfect fit, and going there uh, from a church that was much larger to a church that was smaller, uh, it, I mean, it helped me get to know people a lot better, uh, a lot faster, but uh, at the same time, they had a few youth there that were uh, late high school, early college and it's almost like the best of both worlds in that sense. Here I was the head pastor of the church, but they didn't have a youth pastor. So I got to work with them and take them on mission trips too. So it still kind of had a little bit of one foot in each, I guess, but I just began to grow and, um, in, in as a pastor and it just, uh, it just felt so natural. It really did. Once I finally let go of all the fear and, and all of that uh, of moving from one to the other, um, it really felt like that's, yeah, that's what I was supposed to do. And so I'm, I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful. And it's so interesting. I could take a lot of those gifts as a youth pastor and still apply them in church as well to to the larger body. And sometimes some of the, the, the ways I would teach a youth lesson, I can incorporate that in the way I do a sermon now and the way I do different things. And, and it just, it's just flow together really well. It's just interesting how that's working. It amazes me when I look at it. I'm like, okay, all right, well, I mean, yeah, God, if you're in charge. Like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess it would work out the way, but uh, uh, it just, um, it's been good. It's been really good. And, and so I'm very thankful for that. Instead of being upset and, and like, ah, I can't believe that I got called away from doing it. But it just, now, it's a good thing. It really is.
0: Well, Bird, we are halfway through 2021. Mm-hmm. You were in a new role in ministry there at the Clarksville Church, and it looks like the the COVID pandemic is beginning to, to change a bit. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, where do you see God working in the world
1: today? I'll tell you what, you know, looking back over this last year and in the frustrations and, and in the fear and everything with this pandemic and everything going on in the world, but especially the church. I know this is going to sound strange, but that's where I've seen God is in those frustrations, uh, especially as, as folks have started coming back to church now. Can you imagine going to church all your life or most of your life, and all of a sudden, you know, for a year and a half, you're not going anymore. You're at home and either watching it on, you know, Facebook or YouTube or however, if a church was able to do that, some churches weren't even able to do that. It just the folks that are coming back, you see this happiness about them, and you see this peace about them because they're back with their church family again. And that's where I've seen God is in those frustrations over the last year and a half in, in talking to people that miss their church family so much that that miss uh, the way we would do communion. Whoever you thought, you know, that we would we'd be changing the way we do communion and not passing it around all in all the traditional ways that we're used to, and now we're drinking out of like an all-in-one. Um, eating a piece of styrofoam and drinking <laughs> cough syrup or whatever that is. And it, it's really got people frustrated and, and having to socially distance. You know, church folk are not meant to socially distance. We're meant to, to be together and to hug on each other and shake hands and, and just be there and talk and fellowship and cry together and laugh together and eat together. We haven't had potluck meals in forever. And and so the frust in those frustrations is where I really saw God, because we miss it so much, and 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 we see God in those moments together when we're fellowshiping and and in communion, all these different things that we do together, and so being separate, really, you would think, well, God's far away. No, God's right here in the in the midst of all of this, and uh, and when we come back together, I hope that we never look at these things the same again. You know, it's so easy to take all this for granted, and and I'm hoping the first time that we celebrate communion the way that we're used to again, that that it's something that we hold on to and we don't, um, we don't take it for granted. And all these things like that, even passing offering place, all this stuff and singing in the choir. Um, as things are starting to get back to some form of normalcy or f- uh, familiarity, uh, we're starting to um, see people just, just peace come over them as they're getting to do these things again. But I'm hoping that we never look at it the same though.
0: Yeah. That's interesting to be able to experience frustrations and all the difficulties that come with that and all the emotions that come with that. And you mm-hmm. are saying, this is when you feel the the peace in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And normally we think of the opposite of that.
1: Yeah. And, and I know, as I said, it's, it sounds weird, but I, I really do. I sense God in those moments. And then, and then we really, when things start to come back and we start seeing more people and we're getting back to how things were, then you're really seeing God just shine through these moments even more so now. And, you know, there was was a beautiful moment at New Hope uh, back in the fall that uh, when we did communion together and because down there, because this really hit for us, we had to stop doing church all through the month of March. Uh, well, when it started the rest of March, all of April, May, we started doing some outside services like uh, driving stuff for a while, I had to get creative, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then come fall, when we started to slowly t- kind of trickle back in together, um, we had those all in one things, but I thought, oh, let's try something different here. I, some other pastors were doing some different things, taking, um, um, like the condiment cups with the lids on them and putting, uh, putting the juice in those and then uh, getting little pieces of bread and, you know, wearing gloves, of course, and doing it all the right way, but cutting it up and putting it in little baggies for people. So I remember having communion with that one day to try to give them a little bit something, something more. And I said, uh, all right, the, the body of Christ. And you can hear everybody tearing into their little baggies all across the sanctuary. And, and in that moment, it just hearing that sound of everybody doing this together, it, it touched me. And then I said, and, "And the blood of Christ." And then you could hear him lifting off the, the little lids off the cups. And and it, it's—I'm getting older, so it gets easier for me to get more emotional, I guess. But I just felt tears in my eyes in that moment because it's like we're together, we're doing this together, and, and just the sense of this and the sounds of it and everything coming together in that moment to me was just—it was beautiful, yeah. and 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 it felt like. Um, we had taken a a good step forward in that moment in a sense. And just, I don't know, just something special about it, but the church is meant to be together and being apart. you can see that frustration in people. And so, but that's where I see God because we want to be together. God wants us to be together. So, so we're seeing it more now. And I'm so glad.
0: Keeping that stream of thought on the church, Mm -hmm. you, you've been a lifelong Cumberland Presbyterian. Mm -hmm. So I've been looking forward to ask you this question as a lifelong Cumberland Presbyterian. What are your hopes for the church?
1: Mm. My hope for the church is, is that through the years that we'll just get closer and closer. We'll get that closeness and that more family togetherness that, um, that it's always been there. Like I said earlier, going to general assembly, would always feel like a family reunion seeing folks I hadn't seen in a year or longer and, and catching up and all. And, and that's something special to us, you know, we're smaller. And so that's special to us being smaller and, and special to us um, that maybe some other denominations don't have. They're so huge and, you know, all, all these, they get together and, and, and there's so many people you can't see everybody, but go to general assembly and within no time you're seeing about everybody. And, and, and I enjoy that. And our churches are so, um, special. Every church is so unique in our denomination. And, and I think back to all the churches I've served over the years from Union City to Louisville First to West Union to Lebanon to New Hope to here to Clarksville. And every one of them is, is full of good folks, good folks that just love the Lord and love each other. And so many that just love being a part of this Cumberland Presbyterian family. So it's, to me, the Cumberland Presbyterian Church is family. Mm-hmm. It's all about family and and growing up in it, uh, that's all I knew as a kid. Now I got to admit that when I went to college, when I went to Bethel, you know, I, I wasn't having to get up and go to church every Sunday, you know, at Dad's church every week. Kind of had a little freedom there. And I went to the CP Church in McKenzie several times, but at the same time also, I got to explore some other churches, like Baptist Church, Methodist Church, Episcopal Church, and I enjoyed what I enjoyed was the different styles of worship. Now I was never thinking about leaving the Cumberland Church or anything like that, but I just wanted to experience the different styles of worship and all, and uh, and that was fun. I remember one night going to uh, a Sunday evening service. Is it a is it maybe a Southern Baptist or something? I don't know. It was a small church there, and uh, they uh, lively music and a pretty fiery sermon that night at the, at the service. And at the end. <laughs> at the end of the service they uh they sang this song and they sang and they sang and they sang I said oh my goodness what's what's going on here and then finally the preacher got and said he said we're going to keep singing because I know somebody out here tonight needs to get baptized and I know it and I sense it and he says we're not going to end this service till that person comes forward and gets baptized so we kept (laughs) singing and I'm like oh my goodness I've got I got to test. I got to get back and study for. I got I got a test tomorrow. And so I'm like, what do I do? And so I was there with my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> and uh so I was like, all right, you know, I'll 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 take one for the team. So I started to stand up. I was gonna go. Uh, she's like, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm going to get baptized. I got to get out of here. I got stuff to do." No, you're not. She slung me back down in the seat. And, uh, finally, whoever was supposed to go up, I guess, they finally went up. But uh, you know, that was something i never experienced in the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. So it, it was fun to have these different experiences at different churches. But when it when it all you know said and done, I mean this this is a denomination I just I just love. I love the people. I love our family atmosphere, and so it's always been special to me. Always has. So, uh, where do I see us going forward? I guess, um, you know, I'm hoping uh, that we'll continue to see more churches, you know, spring up around our country and around the world. And and it sounds like uh, we, we've got some good folks out there doing some great work. Uh, so, um, I, I'm just hoping we can raise up more ministers through our presbyteries and just really keep keep it going.
0: I thought you were going to tell the story. I I believe we were at the same church. It was a Sunday night. We were at Bethel. There was a small group of us that went to a church. I Mm -hmm. I don't remember where. I don't remember what denomination. But it wasn't long into the worship service that people were passing out, laying prostrate on the floor. Yes, and. um all other kinds of things and activities. And I thought that you were going to tell that story because I don't remember who the first one to exit was, but I just remember when it was time for me to go, was actually having to step over people <laughs> in, in the aisles to, I, yes, to, yes. to get out of there as quickly as I possibly could.
1: I was scared to death. I had never seen that before and people talking in tongues and people falling out in the floor. That was my very first ever experience with that. So I was kind of curious is like, all right, what's going to happen next? You know, just really got, it, 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 But at the same time, I was terrified and because we, we don't do that in the Cumberland church, you know, we don't, we, you barely get an amen half the time. So much less anybody get up talking in tongues or falling in the floor. But, um, uh, it, uh, it, yeah, that was, that was quite an experience there. I, I've left. I don't remember when or how I just, yeah, somehow ended up outside. <laughs> I don't, I, I may I got scared, just ran out. I don't know. But, uh, but that was, uh, yeah, that was interesting.
0: Jimmy, thank you for sharing. I, I appreciate it. I do. Um, for, sure, our, thank you. for our listeners, how can we continue to follow you on your faith journey?
1: Well, um, you're you're welcome to check out Clarksville Cumberland Presbyterian church. We have a Facebook page and a a YouTube page and the sermons are on there every week. So if you're, uh, if you're having a hard time sleeping and you need something to kind of lull you to sleep, you can turn in, just fast forward to the sermon time and just listen to that. And maybe that'll, maybe that'll put you out or something, but, um, when it comes to social media, I'm, I'm pretty boring. I, I really am. I, I get on there. I've got a Facebook and a Twitter and, and an Instagram accounts on all of them. And, you know, I check them, but uh, I don't, I don't post a whole lot, I guess, you know, mainly stuff, with the, whatever my boys are into, if they something's from sports or try to find a good sunset or, or just sometimes, you know, sometimes things get on, there can get pretty heavy on, on social media. So if I, if I find something funny to put on there to try to lighten the mood, I'll do that, but but uh, otherwise, I guess I'm kind of boring on there, but you're welcome to, to hop on there and, and find me on, on there somewhere. But um,
0: All right. And if you're ever in the neighborhood of Clarksville, Tennessee, stop by the Clarksville Cumberland Presbyterian Church and you'll find Reverend Jimmy Bird there as well.
1: Absolutely. You're welcome to come. Come by, see us and say hi. And, um, a lot of folks in this denomination that I made friends with over the years. So it's just it's just good to see folks. It's, it's always fun to have someone stop in and say hello. So feel free to do so.
0: (laughs) Well, Jimmy, thank you. Thank you for sharing your faith journey and bringing humor and your hopes for the church as we continue to try to serve God.
1: Sounds good. Thank you.
0: And thank you for listening to today's podcast. Grab a friend and travel with us on our next journey down Cumberland Road.